Hi, this is Anne. Just a quick note before you listen to this podcast, we loved having Shira on. I want to apologize. There was some clicking with Shira's mic. I thought it would go away. I thought I could handle it, but it's still there. And um, I want to apologize for that. I don't like bad quality (laughs) and it's really bothering me. So I had to put this in the beginning of this episode, but she's so great. So please hang in there. And um, I want to apologize to Shira for this because it's really frustrating for me, but we wanted to put it out anyway, because we just loved it and uh, enjoy your weekend. Welcome to the Dames Who Dish podcast. Happy Mother's Day, Gina. Happy Mother's Day, Anne. I can't believe it's Mother's Day oh my already. God, already. Last Mother's Day were we... No, no, no. Two years ago on a Mother's Day, we were gone. No, we didn't. We came back for the... We were on a trip. Were we, we ever were gone, gone for Mother's one Day? One Mother's Day, we were gone. I think we were. And so one of our friends thought it was horrible that we were gone on yeah. Mother's Day. Hello, we're mothers. Our kids don't care. No. By the they're, way. They're, by the way, they're excited that they don't have to do anything for us. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. Well, I'm going to be spending Mother's Day with my daughter, so. I know. I'm, I'm being so a excited for you. mother, and I'm sure you'll be spending it with your daughters. I am. I am. This is our special episode. We have on Shira Hirschman Weiss. She's so fun. She is fun. We love her. Met her on, uh, well, through a friend of ours, yeah. Jacques. And on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And she's been nothing but nice to us. Gives us lots of information. Listen, this lady has stories beyond stories. Every time she's in a room, she's up on stage telling a story about somebody. She's a connector. Yeah, she knows a lot of people. She's a wealth yeah. of knowledge about all kinds of things. Yeah. And she's pretty interesting to talk to. Yes, she is. She's very fun. You can follow her on Instagram. But anyway, she's our New Jersey friend from Clubhouse. Yep. Yeah, so enjoy. Um, we met this lady on clubhouse and it was kind of funny because we were brand new to clubhouse and you came on you saw us on there and you said hey dames my friend jock from unpopular just told me about you because we had just recorded uh, yeah, yeah we had just recorded with jock so anyway we have shira hirschman weiss you have so many things to your name you're a writer you wrote for the huffington post you're a publicist a blogger. I saw something on, I think it was on your Instagram page. You put aspiring to be an AARP influencer. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you know, I feel like I missed the boat with all these influencers, all these millennial influencers now, you know, and these even younger than that, or I don't know if it's like young millennial or Gen Z. I'm like, okay, I missed my, missed the boat on that. So like, why don't I aspire to be an AARP influencer? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll talk about osteoporosis uh, <laughs> supplements or <laughs> get a head start on that. I think you were happy we came on Clubhouse because I think you thought you were the oldest person on there and now we're the oldest people We are definitely the there. oldest people on there. It's not even true. It's just the Bravo space is so millennial. I think that's what it is. The Bravo people that I've talked to are, I have an 18 year old son. So it's funny to me that I'm talk- I'm connecting with so many 25 year old, 27 year old guys um you know but they're so mature i think there's just something about the the men who like bravo many of them are just very mature and especially in that clubhouse group we ran into the same thing because a lot of the people that we've connected with are very young and we love them and (laughs) i mean they're they're basically either our children's ages or younger yeah by the way it's a great excuse 
this this is our excuse to talk to hot young guys and <laughs> and have it be okay. That is so funny. Yeah, I mean, but you know what? It's like there's a detachment we're watching because you know it's not like I I look at these shows and I'm like, okay, these people are good looking or whatever it is, but there's like that detachment of like you know I don't know I, I for me like it just that's the thing that's how I was able to 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 interview these people. I look at them as like great to watch on TV, but I don't have like much in common with these people in real life. You know, uh, I mean, there are people I've found commonalities with maybe some of the housewives, you know, because they're closer to my age. But, you know, like I don't watch Summer House personally, but people so many people our age who watch Summer House on Bravo just love like, oh, it's fun to, you know, watch a bunch of millennials in a house, get drunk, even if I can't relate to that lifestyle. <laughs> it's like that detachment and that. Ability to watch from the outside and be an observer on a life that you're not living yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. That's all like that. That's what we love about Summer House because that's what we would have loved to be able to do at their age. At their age, we were, you know, having kids. Home having kids. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Okay. So, we want to talk about your interviews with all the different Bravo celebrities you had. You've done a lot of writings, a lot of interviews. Do you do, are most of your interviews written? Well, yeah, no, it was all written. Well, it's funny. So, the, so I would, at when I was covering Bravo, like when I was contributing to the Huffington Post, and I just want to clarify that I was a contributor, not an editor, not staff, but a contributor. Um, I wrote a whole bunch of like articles that Bravo actually really enjoyed and liked, and they came to me. I think my first interview with a Bravo celebrity was maybe it was Jill Zarin. Um, there was one Bravo publicist who like always put me through to different people at the network. And after this girl, Stephanie, worked there, she was able to introduce me to the other Bravo PR people. And, um, you know, they became very strict later on about who they allowed to interview their... um, I mean, they have different criteria, you know. So Huffington Post was on their list. And it was really me and this guy, Michael, who did all of the uh, Huffington Post interviews because only the contributor section was interested in Bravo at that point. Um... And there may have been, like, a, something on Bethany that was on the main page, you know, not by me or Michael, but um, we did a lot of, like, the, contrib- you know, for the contributor platform, we were able to do a lot of interviews between the two of us. Yeah, Michael Cook is his name. Funny. He would be set up with, like, the Atlanta people, and I get, like, half of Jersey, and he got the other half of Jersey, <laughs> and I get, you know, I get certain people in New York. Like, we always get, like, different, we interview different people. Because it was basically a split between us. I remember when I first discovered you on Clubhouse, you mentioned that you were neighbors or neighboring to um, Margaret. Margaret. God, I'm blanking on her name. But Margaret Josephs. So you're a Jersey girl. And you know. We share the same Starbucks. Um, Basically, (laughs) um, there's one Starbucks between our towns. So if I go to that Starbucks, I might see her. Like, she's there very often, actually. It's very funny. <laughs> I saw her. I, I mean, I know her. I met her before her season started. Like, she had reached out to me because she saw I was covering Bravo for having a post. And she reached out to me on Facebook, I think. And then I said, oh, it's so nice that you reached out to me. I heard that you're the new housewife. Um, and I, like, sort of known who she was. Like, I maybe just, lo- you know, through the local chatter or whatever it was. I sort of knew she was. So we met before she before her season started. We met at the Starbucks. She was like, "Oh yeah, I want to meet you." But yeah, I did interview her a couple of times for Huffington Post. I'm trying to think of interviews many times. Um, no, I interviewed her a couple of times, and I interviewed other New Jersey housewives. And funny enough, at that Starbucks, 
um, I once saw Danielle Staub. <gasps> but no, this is funny. I didn't see my friend and I were sitting there having coffee. My friend sees Danielle Staub and, and like was making faces. And I didn't know what was going on. And I see my friend making faces. And then afterwards, she was like, you don't did you, did you see who just left? And I'm like, who? Danielle Staub. I'm like, why didn't you say something? I would have like just gone over and said, oh, hi, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I never interviewed her. But she lives she lives not far from me. Um, but my friend didn't want to say anything because she was like, oh, I didn't know if you wanted. I didn't know if you would want to go and say hi. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, think, I just think it's funny. I think Danielle Staub is one of those characters that I might be afraid to go up and say anything <laughs> to. Oh, I would have totally just gone over and said hello. But, you know, it, oh, it turns out. So it was the day after um, Margaret threw Marty in the pool. Oh, yeah. So I texted Margaret. I said, I just saw Danielle. I mean, because. What happened was afterwards, I saw her walking outside, but it was too late. I wasn't going to go chase after her after she's like gotten her Starbucks order, you know. So um, I texted Margaret. I said, guess who's at the Starbucks? Danielle. I just saw her. And she goes, was she wet? (laughs) (laughs) Marty. She was with Marty. I said, Danielle and Marty. And I saw him outside also. Like, was he wet? Because, you know, literally the day after. Hilarious. Did you know about that scene before we saw it? I did hear about it because it leaked. Someone... There was an article, like, on one of those blogs that, like, people... There were a lot of people talking that season, actually. There was a lot of loose lips action that season. People were spilling what would be happening. Not to me, but, um, you know, some of the blogs had already printed that stuff up. Who was your favorite person to interview out of all the Housewives interviews you've done? Okay, so of all the Housewives, I loved... Dorinda was so personable... I did an article about John Medesian, her boyfriend. You know, uh, yeah, I did a funny article about like the real dry cleaner of uh, New York City, and <laughs> that was fun. That was funny. It was like really big. I think unfortunately his business was it went bankrupt at one point. I don't know, like at, much later. But um, that was a, a fun interview, and I sort of kept in touch with her afterwards. And um, Carol from uh, Real Houses of New York, I interviewed the same day. I loved Heather DeBro. She was so sweet and friendly. I thought Megan King Edmonds was surprisingly friendly. And Jeff, um, he's not a housewife, but Jeff Lewis. Oh, love Jeff Lewis. So, yeah. Okay. So Bravo made me, they were like, can you send us your questions beforehand? Um, let's just make sure of this. Let's make sure of that. So Bravo had me like really like nervous. Like, oh, <laughs> whoa. Like they want to see my questions beforehand. So I thought it was coming from Jeff, you know. I just assumed, like, whoa, he's going to be tough. He's going to be difficult. And I was so nervous beforehand. And he was so <laughs> friendly and down to earth and put me at ease. It's ridiculous that I was so nervous before that. And I even said to him, I go, oh, I thought you were going to be, like, scary and intimidating, and you're not. He's like, no, no. You know, he was so, just so nice. Was this during his flipping out when that was on? Yeah, this was, um, okay. So we were talking about flipping out. Because I interviewed Jenny. Yeah, he was still good with Jenny. Mm. I interviewed Jenny a few days before I interviewed Jeff. And she was funny also. I did a lot of interviews now that I'm thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, see? <laughs> Sounds like it. A few days before Jeff. And it was, yeah, they were filming Flipping Out and still getting along. And it was right around the time that Beth, that Bethany and Jeff went on Watch It Happens Live together and sort of connected. And they wanted to do, like, Jeff was thinking of working with Bethany. I don't think that friendship ever worked out. But mm, does true. it really ever work out with Bethany? Or Jeff. Right. I <laughs> yeah. They, something happened afterwards, but I think they talked. Jeff Lewis said to me in the interview that he was thinking about working with Bethany. 
Mm. Like some kind of, you know, future project. It could have been a show, um, but didn't happen. Well, it didn't work out so well for Frederick Eklund because I think oh, that yeah. was horrible, that experience for, for him. And I interviewed him, too. Oh, I, I love him. Frederick once. I interviewed I love Frederick him. and uh, Steve Gold. Oh, Steve Gold. <gasps> yeah. All very of, good looking. So that's coming look. back next week. And I realize that all of those guys are all dads now. Yeah. Yeah. Even Steve Gold is a dad. And he's not on the show anymore. Is no, he, he is. Think... He's coming back. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Because in the commercial, I didn't see him. Well, okay. they, they put out a picture with him. So he's got a, you know, he's got a kid to take care of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You being a Jersey girl. Do you like watching The Real Housewives of New Jersey and New York, or do you tend to like our West Coast version? Okay, so, okay, I have, this, I have a love-hate relationship with all of Bravo shows, because I loved watching, I loved Bravo so much, that's why I started covering it and contributing articles, but then I think once you're, you are covering it and dealing with the network and there's, you know, it's a mixed bag, then you're like, wait. I'm not so sure that I love this anymore. Sometimes when you see some of the like nastiness that goes on behind the scenes, it's hard to like these shows. Like I had a while where I was like, I am not watching Real Housewives in New Jersey anymore. Like in uh, season eight or nine, I think it was eight. Yeah, that was the one I think I, I recapped season eight, I believe. Each week I would recap it for having a post. And so I would get the episodes ahead of time. And I think at some point I was just like, I'm... You know what, now that I see like people are getting so nasty, even like the Twitter accounts, I was like, I don't think I can even touch the show anymore. For a while, I hated it just because I'm like, I'm covering it. So I need to stop, you know, but now I can now I watch it because I'm not covering that. I love writing. I, I try to freelance here and there. I work as a publicist like full time or as full time as I can during this pandemic and with kids. But I uh, I love writing. So, you know, like I just submitted an article idea to BuzzFeed and I've written for like my local newspapers. Kind of a little bit like Jackie Goldsnyder in the sense that I've like written, you know, she has a regular column, but I've submitted some articles to the same newspapers. She she doesn't live that far away from me either, actually. So we have the same uh, the same press contacts. Nice. Bit. Have you met Jackie? No, not yet. I spoke to her in Clubhouse and... Uh, I told Margaret that I wanted to meet her and Margaret's like, yep, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll arrange to like all meet up, but it hasn't happened yet. Like these women are busy. They have like right now they're, it's all about the show. Like they still have to like film things together or, or attend events together. But yeah, I hope I run into her one day just because we're not far from each other. And you know, do you remember that scene this season when Margaret met Jackie at the eight outdoors right after um, Lake George? Yes. Yes. Okay. So that area where they sat and ate, like I go there all the time to that block. It's in Tenafly, which is another neighboring town. And um, they were at this like little eatery that's like a kosher, happens to be kosher. So I had met a friend of mine who keeps kosher. So can we, like we went to that same spot and I'm like, oh, that's funny. I've been, you know, I'm always on that block. So um, I feel like I'm bound to run into her. I just, the person I don't want to run into, and I don't mind saying this, Briefly, is Ziggy Flicker. Mm. I did interview her, and I don't love her. Um, but she's in Boca, I think, so that's Oh, okay. did she move to Boca? I think so. She's selling her New Jersey property. Oh, good. Uh, I read something. I read good. something about that. Good. Yeah, she, Ziggy's uh, not very popular these mm, days. Mm. I feel like it's okay. It's safe to say it now. In 2016, it was scary to say it, because God knows who would 
who I'd get a tweet from or it was it was actually really scary that that last season you know the the fans can go a little crazy it's very toxic the bravo um online community oh, oh yeah it can yeah. be yeah so i mean that's how i felt in 2016 i mean now i i got actually got off of twitter you know i was like you know what this is just not it's just not fun you know being there under my name and i mean it was the way to put out articles then but the truth is, like, I'm okay without it, and it was making me crazy. So yeah. I got off of Twitter. That can be yeah. – social media can either work for you or really go against you at times, and it, it can be scary, especially yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I ask someone if I have an article that I want to put out or something I want to put out, I ask someone else to tweet it out for me, like someone with a huge following. So I, like, try to find somebody who will, like, tweet out my article for me or – Smart. Yeah. That's your publicist in you working it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So who was your hardest interview, Shira, out of the um, Bravo universe? So that's a good question because I don't think anybody was I'm trying to think if anyone was difficult. I don't know. I don't have a difficult time interviewing people. Oh, okay. I do remember oh okay. Oh, I definitely know. All right. <laughs> so even though I don't love Siggy, she was fine to interview. Like when I was interviewing her, I interviewed her twice and she was fine. It was like after that that I just like she and I Clashed about something like I had to remove an article and she was upset about it because it was with Kim G and she had set it up. It was a whole story. So, um, but that was not hard. That was not so difficult. It wasn't difficult to interview her. One person it was really difficult to interview. I do not like, and I feel bad. So many of your fans are going to like him. Um, Shep Rose. I just find him to. I oh, found our our fans our fans don't love Shep Rose. Yeah, we're not huge <laughs> Shep no. fans mm-hmm. either. Mm-mm. But okay, what what good. happened okay. with um with Shep? Okay, so um, he here's the funny thing. Like it was a season. It was a season where he was very hard on Craig. It was also a season where he got criticized for making a move on. I can't remember what her name is. Really pretty. I'm blanking. But really pretty cast member who um Catherine no over there. No, um, I can't remember who it was, but he like sort of like had, you know, been sloppy and like tried to. Yeah, it was Cam's he... friend, um, the girl who was on Survivor before. Yeah, yes. yeah, oh, I can't uh, remember her name, but yeah. Right. So he sort of like made a move on her that season, and I asked him some tough questions, and he was very like I, I mean, not so tough, but I was like, why are you so tough on Craig? Like this season, you're very because I remember in particular that season, and he got so defensive and like upset at me for that question because he was like you have to understand you don't know craig like you have to under you you posed it as i'm hard on him well you don't know craig and what i have to deal with and i was like no i'm just asking like you seem a little tough on him and the viewers this is a question that came from the viewers too um and he was just very like defensive and arrogant i thought and i really was like oh i don't like one thing that's a you the biggest turnoff for me in the interview is when a Bravo celebrity is arrogant. I will just say, I don't care that you're on TV. Like, don't give me that attitude. <laughs> um, I just say that to him, though, because I had the publicist on the line. <laughs> I just found him to be very arrogant. And then he had an interview right after me, a, a friend that I know, and she was like, he was great. And I think, I think, to me, he took it out all on me. Like, mm-hmm. he was just in a bad mood. But I did see that he's gotten more, like, in the successive seasons, he had gotten more humble and more accountable for his behavior. I just think I caught him in the younger, more arrogant years. Yeah, yeah he definitely redeemed himself this last season a bit, yeah. a bit. And and he's yeah. gotten older. I mean, Shep's in his 40s, I think. Yeah, I think he is. <laughs> 
So right. they, they do grow up. I interview him, and then I was just like, I there's nothing that could turn you off to someone more than arrogance. Like right. for me, that that's it. Like if you're arrogant, forget it. Yeah, yeah. Now I want to switch gears a little bit because I myself love a true a true crime docu. Well, Gina does too. We both love the documentaries. I listen to a mm-hmm. lot of true crime podcasts. You turned me on to one that I've been obsessed with, and I'm not quite finished yet. But it's the Elizabeth Smart one. So I've been listening to that obsessively. It's called In Your Backyard, In Your Own Backyard, something like that. You've written a lot about true crime too, right? Yes. I'm very into true crime. I'm actually probably more into true crime these days than Bravo. Um, I, I interviewed Natalie Holloway's father because Oxygen had a um, a series about Natalie Holloway, you know, the, the girl who went missing in Aruba. Yeah. So there was, yeah, so there was a guy. He actually confessed to um, to being very good friends with Joran Vandersloot, and he was telling details about helping Joran um, hide Natalie's body, I believe. But anyway, so there was this informant, basically, that they caught. And this guy who said, like, he had spoken to Joran Vandersloot and he had helped Joran, um, who was, guilt, you know, found guilty of Natalie's murder or not 100. You know, he's actually found guilty of another murder. So he's in jail. But they believe Joran killed uh, Natalie. So there's this other guy said he helped, was claiming he helped Joran hide the body. But how the problem was he was not so credible. So there was this whole documentary with his confessions. But I don't think he was ever arrested because the police didn't find him to be so credible. But Dave Holloway was on a mission to get justice for Natalie. And sadly, I just read, actually, after I did that interview, I just read that the informant guy, the one who was claiming to have, um, you know, helped bury the body, who they never really were able to figure out, like, what his involvement was or if if he actually had involvement. I covered uh, Nexium, the Nexium cult. I did an interview with Tony Natalie, who was Keith Rainier's girlfriend. You know, Keith yeah, Rainier. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So no, Tony Natalie was Keith's girlfriend in the '80s, like the early years of or '90s, the early years of his cultism before he found Nexium. But when he was with Consumers Byline, which was like the first installment, I guess, of Nexium. You know, mm-hmm. the first thing that led to. You know, he was into Amway and all these other things, so she knew him during his early years. Crazy. And he was called the Vanguard, actually, because it was a video that they had, a video game that they had in their basement called the Vanguard, and he took that name as his, uh, his that, name. That was a crazy, that Keith Ranieri was just crazy. And he still has followers. Yeah. There's yeah. still people I mean, that follow him. Yeah, it's so crazy. And so Tony and Natalie, I, you know, I interviewed, and then I, I spoke to Catherine Oxenberg at one point. I really wanted to do an interview with her, but I think she was like limited in terms of like what press she wanted to do because she really wanted to find India when I spoke with her. And now mm. India is safe. You know, there was a documentary with India. Yeah. On brainwashed, you know, but during the time when I was speaking to Catherine, she was trying to get India back from the cult. Wow. Actually, wow. they showed all that on the HBO documentary. Yeah, that was good. During that time period, I was speaking to, I didn't even know they were making an HBO doc, but I was speaking to Catherine when she was going through the whole struggle. Um, and I was able to put her in touch with some podcasts, but I don't think she wanted to do a written article. Mm. So I, but I was just in touch with a lot of the Nexium people because I covered it, you know, because when I spoke to Tony Natalie, and I also wrote an article for Huffington Post about the 2020 that covered Nexium. So um, all the Nexium people started like getting in touch with me because they were like, listen, you should know this, you should know that, you know, all the old Nexium. 
the, yeah. the defective. It's so yeah. interesting. I I love when we can listen to a podcast and then we find out afterwards they've been working on some sort of documentary because it's a great follow-up to all that. Plus, you could see it. You right. Know, you get to yeah. visualize exactly what you've been listening to this whole time. Exactly. And I knew totally Net- Tony Natalie for a long time. She didn't even tell me about the um, HBO doc. She was just like, we're working on something. You know, probably aren't allowed to tell you. But um, I've actually asked her to, you know, would you do a clubhouse with me? And we'll talk about it. And our times just never have worked out yet. But stay tuned. That would be a fantastic clubhouse. clubhouse. That would be. That would be a really good clubhouse. Although, you know, Shira, you have... You have great rooms. You honestly do. You're very inclusive. You cover a wide, wide range of topics. Topic <laughs> of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, Clubhouse is interesting though because it's really a time frame thing. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at it and I'm like, oh my god, this is such a great room, and it's ten o'clock in the morning here. You know. So right. sometimes I look at Clubhouse and there's people pinging me into a room at midnight, and I'm like, midnight? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because um, so years ago I interviewed Leah Black and she introduced me. This is uh, this all relates to Clubhouse, so I was going to say, but she introduced me at one point to Tom Arnold because I was writing an article about something and she's like, oh, maybe you could, whatever, maybe he would be like a good. Um, he he ended up being like moral support to me because I was I I had like a bad experience, so I ended up speaking to Tom Arnold and more more like moral support, but I've never like interviewed him on the record, so. I actually nominated Tom Arnold for Clubhouse. You know, you can not, you know, that you have to, you have to send someone an invite. I'm like, you're going to love this app. This is so for you. And of course, he's on it all the time now, you know, because that's Tom Arnold. So he pinged me into, or no, or yeah, I saw him go into a room. You get a notification when someone that you follow and follows you goes into a room. It was so late. I don't know why I went into this room because he's on your time zone of California. I'm in New Jersey. I raised my hand. It's already like, getting late it's like 1 30 by the time i'm i'm thinking like i'm on the stage but i'm thinking i'm going to say something because it was a it was a political discussion and actually they were talking about um jewish people um and their response to the trump administration and i'm jewish so i wanted to say something about you know whatever people in my area it it was so late that i'm like i have to jump off because i really have to go to sleep and that's what I don't like. All the good discussions are on the West Coast. Time yeah. Zone. See, and we think they're on the East Coast. Yeah, we time think zone. the opposite. We we think, oh my God, we're missing everything. I yeah. like the real conversation that happens in Clubhouse. There are people that go on there to be heard. Um, yeah. They talk a lot. They take over the room. That can be very very annoying. I also feel like I get my talkative nature out on this podcast, so I don't want to take up time in a clubhouse room. I feel like that's a place where people, I mean, that's why we started this podcast so we can talk about all this shit. And I feel like that's what clubhouse is for people who don't have podcasts. However, there's a lot of podcasters on there that don't shut the fuck up. Yeah. And I find that annoying being a podcaster. I find it annoying when these people, it's like you have a platform, let these other lay people who don't have podcasts, let them speak, but it's so. I'm getting more frustrated with Clubhouse. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So I try to be like, well, I mean, because someone told me at one point they're like, you're you're interrupting. I'm like, are you kidding? I'm like so super conscientious when I'm on Clubhouse not to interrupt. Um, so that was like upsetting feedback that I once got, but otherwise I've gotten good feedback that I'm like conscientious and I really try to feature everyone. And I like when I see someone join the room, sometimes I'll be like. I introduced someone to a group, you know, I was like, 
you really should have him on the stage because he's an expert, blah, blah, blah. And now that guy is a regular moderator for that club. So like, Perfect. I like to do that. I like to introduce people. It's a, it's a, it's a tough balance. It's, I think. Yeah. I, it's, it's there's hard. definitely protocol for, for a clubhouse. <laughs> and some people, yeah, no. some people don't know the protocol. Yeah. Well, our friend, our mutual friend, Jock, who set, who actually introduced me to you. And that's why I'm on your podcast today. So Jock from the unpopular podcast and giving him a little plug. And we were talking about it. He's like, I, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know if I like clubhouse. I'm getting so annoyed with it. And it's just funny. He said he wanted to discuss this more on his podcast, but he hasn't yet. But he did mention it briefly on his podcast that he was just like, I don't know how I feel about this clubhouse thing. It's a bit much. Well, Jacques, um, Jacques is a person who, like us, gets annoyed very easily. So I, oh, I and that's what happens with us, too. So it's like I can see where he's coming from. Also, he's in Australia, so the time frames are much yeah. different. So who knows when he's on what he's listening to or what he can actually get into. That's true. At this point, do you watch all of the housewives shows are you still into watching them and can you enjoy them um i do but you know i like a lot of uh, i really love a lot of scripted shows and documentaries so mm -hmm. it's a balance um i was watching like i think every franchise and i dropped off i stopped watching dallas i have like three more episodes to go so it's just so it was such a drudgery to get through them you can yeah. stop you're you not can the stop. only one you don't even need to finish it's not <laughs> worth it oh, okay yeah, yeah. No, I'm kind of wondering, like, what happens because I want to watch the reunion. So mm -hmm. I'm, like, trying. I'm, like, oh, my God, I can't get into this. But, like, I want to watch The Handmaid's Tale. So I have, like, oh, yeah. you know, things on my list. Like, I'm very into Handmaid's Tale. I love certain Netflix series. Like, I loved Russian Doll. I watched it <gasps> eight times because it was, like, so deep. <laughs> yeah, I started Russian Doll. And I haven't – I. it's just – it's one of those things. We watch a lot of scripted television also that's I mean I don't know where we find the time for all this we basically have no lives apparently but we often talk about the scripted television that we watch and I start to watch something that I really like and then all of a sudden I'll forget about it and start something else but that's one Russian doll I forgot that I was into that I have to go back yeah well I thought it was beautiful I mean here's the thing like it is about making time like I have not had time to watch like I want to watch the handmaid's Tale, and I'm like okay I have to set aside some time to sit and watch the first four episodes. Like, I honestly haven't had time yet. Started a few things and then dropped, you know, stopped watching, not because it wasn't interesting, but for the same reason. Russian Doll, I think I just had more time when it, I mean, when it was new. I mean, yeah. it's a few, like two years old now. Mm -hmm. um, and the second season is coming out soon, I think. I'm watching the mayor of Easttown right now on um, Netflix. On Netflix? Yeah, yeah, on Netflix. But there's just so much streaming tv to watch that you can't possibly watch everything does your husband watch any shows with you do you got do you save a that's show funny. that you watch together that's funny um no he's not interested in any of the same shows as me I same think here show that we've watched together is um curb your enthusiasm we yes. Both love, yes yes we both love curb your enthusiasm so like well, he, here's the thing. He only likes comedy or like the news or like a science documentary or something. Or like a, <laughs> no, a history documentary. Oh. Um, and my kids are also like very, they just don't have, none of them have the same taste as me. Although my 14 year old will never admit this now, but when he was a little boy, he used to come in the room and be like, can I watch the boat show with you? <laughs> it was below deck. Below deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally not appropriate at like whatever age he was, five, six. I don't know how long that franchise has been around, but he came in. He used to come in like when he didn't want to go to sleep. He's like, can we watch the boat show together? <laughs> Cute. 
That's funny. Yeah. Well, and actually, our kids are grown and out of the house. You still have three at home? No, I have four kids. Four. And I have, an, okay, so I have an 18-year-old who's starting college, but, you know, he's going to go locally to college next year. So he's not going away. I don't think he's ever slept over at anyone's house. He just does not like going places. Um, but that was, you know, my 14 year old is totally different. Like he, my 14 year old already wants to like move out. Um, so the 18 year old boy, a 14 year old boy, and then I have twin 11 year old boys. Oh, all boys. So, yeah. All boys. <laughs> Crazy. I know. You know, when mother's day comes, are you getting breakfast in bed? What's happening? Well, ideally, yes, I'd like that. We did that for my mother. I just, I, we're a little more fly by the seat of your pants <laughs> family. Oh, we always gave my mother breakfast in bed. I don't, I don't know what to expect this year. I think, sometimes my husband makes pancakes and will like serve it to me up here in bed. So nice. Yeah. So he doesn't mind when you are on clubhouse, like, like he doesn't care that you, you know, clubhouse writing and all that kind of stuff. Your well, husband. Sometimes he'll like come in and be like, what? In the oh, I have a funny story, actually. My husband was like outside the door and I, I like was I followed someone into a clubhouse and um, I was like, what is this club? Like, I just saw this guy's name pop up and I'm like, oh, I wonder where David is going into. I'm like, OK, you know, because he's, he's we know him from the Bravo group, right? Yes. Oh, is this- I think he accidentally because he left the room shortly thereafter. I think he accidentally clicked, clicked on like a polygamy group. So I ended up in this polygamy group. And I'm like, what in the... And then I felt, you know, you feel weird about leaving. Like, yes. I, I've, learned, I've learned since then there's no clubhouse etiquette. But they pull me onto the stage right away. I'm like, shit. Oh, my what God. The hell? I see that the topic is polygamy. But you couldn't see... Like, it was a finger slip that I ended up there in the first place. <laughs> so I'm like, if my husband walks in right now, he's going to be like, what the hell are you doing in a polygamy group? Oh, so, my God. That's so funny. So because I felt weird, though, leaving, because they pulled me to the stage, I said, hey, guys, I just wanted to let you know this really isn't a group for me, but thank you so much. You all seem like such nice people. Have a great night. And then I left. I've yeah, actually so done that. I could have just... There's no etiquette. You can just leave. Yes, yes. But yeah. you don't you, see that's how really nice you are. You didn't want to offend the polygamists. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, I was new, also really new. That was actually like several weeks ago. I was like really new to Clubhouse. So um now that I've been on for a while longer, I'm like, you know what? You just leave. You don't worry about offending. Right. You just leave. Yeah. That's true. I still have a hard time just leaving. You know, it, it's hard. You don't want to offend the person. But sometimes I'll get a phone call and I'm I have to leave. So and it depends that's, it on how many people are in the room. Some are it's real obvious when you leave, and yes. others they won't even notice. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so. Yeah. yeah. We laugh that our husbands. I've done that where I'm watching something and my husband will walk in and go, "What the hell?" See, but now with the podcast, we're like, "Oh, it's part of yeah, our. It's, it's part homework. of our. <laughs> we have to watch this." <laughs> It's all time consuming. It you is. can spend hours on Clubhouse and get nothing done if you weren't multitasking. It is it is a time suck for sure. It's fun. I love it. And we wouldn't have met you, Shira. Right. And I love your rooms. I love what you bring to Clubhouse. And I just feel like we won on Clubhouse just meeting somebody like you. And I'm being totally serious. I think you're a kick. I love your perspective you. on things. I love when you go up on stage. I'm always wondering what you're going to say. And I think it's really fun. So we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yes. Thank you so thank much. You. And I, I want to have you guys like in a room. We'll talk about like a specific topic and have you as my featured experts. And, you know, I love doing that. Like I love just promoting good people, you know, for what it's worth. I'm, I mean, still trying to figure out how Clubhouse will uh, help us in the long run in life. But, yeah, you know. <laughs> hey, I don't know yet. We did get an interview with Mary Amons from DC Housewives. She was on Clubhouse 
And I was like, oh my God, I freaking love Mary Eamons. I forgot. I actually forgot about her. So we contacted her and boom, we got her right on. It's a good connector clubhouse for sure. Yes. I feel like this is your, like you love to connect people and that's what clubhouse does also. Yeah. And it's funny because I met Mary Amos on Clubhouse and now I talk to her a little bit. And um, DC is the one Housewives franchise I did not cover back in the day. Like, I don't think they allowed any interviews. I don't think they allowed any because of what happened. Yeah. No, they were very cut off. She even said that they never did anything. There was no promotion of their show at all because of what happened. And not until after the show ran were they able to talk about it. And they were, were they They didn't help them with what to say about the situation and all that kind of stuff. No, they had no media coaching or anything like that. Yeah. It was probably a hands off after the whole Salai Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Shira. We really appreciate it. Yes. Have a happy Mother's yes, Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your kids. Thank you so much. There is nothing like a dame. Nothing. nothing.